Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us once again on the Back and Bone Show. I am Keith the Bone Catrone, joined by my ever-faithful associate, Matt the Back Lovato. Uh, today, we are going to be exploring the recap of the latest fights. <clears throat> UFC 225, Whitaker versus Romero, and uh, Bellator 200, Musasi versus Cavallo, uh, and a couple other things that have happened lately. We're going to have a lot of fun here discussing those. This is really a uh, more specific volume that we're, we're putting in today. Still the same lighthearted antics that you've grown accustomed to when listening to the Back and Bone show. Uh, we did have, as usual, some, some mic issues. Uh, for some reason, Matt's mic kept cutting out, uh, probably because it's cheap and shitty, which is why we implore you, if you enjoy our podcast to please visit our patron page on backandbone.podbean.com and uh, see if you guys want to help us out a little bit, you know? Proceeds all go to furthering the podcast. Once again, it is my pleasure to present to you The Back and Bone Show. Enjoy. Turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. An Uzi. <laughs> I'm not from South Central, Los fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Whatever you're reaching for better be a sandwich, because you're going to have to eat it. All right, so second attempt, back on, back and bone show. Uh, we're having for the, what is this, our eighth episode? So for the eighth time in a row, we are having technical difficulties with the mics. <laughs> yes, we uh, we managed to get about 20 minutes in prior to this, but uh, we had to start from scratch. So, no problem. Yeah, Let's but see. it looks like everything's working good now, and... Uh, you know what? It's probably better this way because uh, we get to relive 20 minutes of expert evaluation <laughs> of, uh, of fights. So you're welcome, everybody. Well, um, we started by examining the uh, UFC 225 fight card this past weekend. Yeah. Um, um, we, I think we kicked it off with, uh, we kicked it off with Overeem and Blades, which... Yeah. That- that that was a uh, it was a uh, pretty impressive uh, finish by uh, Blades. He uh, KO'd him with some elbows. Some yeah, pretty brutal ones. Uh, I really uh, I appreciated the controversy that um, that uh, the Ream brought to the table uh, in what was it the second round when he caught him with that big knee and uh, laid into him with that little hand combo. Didn't really manage to do much off of it, but he certainly let Blades know that he was in a fight still. Yes, he uh, he did have some good moments uh, prior to that finish. Um, you know, Overeem still looks like he has some fight in the tank, and it, it is in a way it's it's a bit of a shame because he he's still capable of winning some big fights for sure, 
But the issue is not his abilities. It's how many times he's been KO'd. Sure, absolutely. His, his chin just does not hold up. But quite. you know what? Uh, Overeem had already had a a very spotted record. Um, yeah, he's, even even before he really got big. Like I remember, yeah. I would watch Overeem back in Pride when he was super skinny, but he had gigantic biceps for some reason. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember when he got uh, uh, when he fought a. Chuck Liddell knocked yeah, him out over there. Yeah. Uh, Shogun knocked him out. Yeah, and he was he was skinny little Overeem, Valentin's little brother, and uh, he he was uh, not not the big show star. He was just like a really interesting wild card character, um, and he would get knocked out here and there. He but he would knock a lot of people out. He was a very exciting fighter, um, but he had a shitload of of KOs on his loss records. So. Yeah, well he and on his official MMA record, he's got a uh, 13 losses by KO or TKO. That doesn't even include his kickboxing record where right. he has another 3 losses by TKO and KO. Um so he's been hit in the head quite a few times. Um and you know, you just can't help but worry about him a little bit like Sure. Man, that's a lot of knockouts. But when he talks, he's He's very yeah, he uh, seems coherent. Very, yeah. He, yeah, he seems he's, like a really intelligent he's a pretty, guy. He's a pretty sharp dude for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think with Alistar Overeem in particular, it's just also the nature of his knockouts that that worry you because he's had some. They're usually pretty vicious brutal. knockouts. <laughs> like like all of Alistar, yeah, all of the times he's been KO'd, they're not typically light knockouts. I mean, yeah. if you look at when he got KO'd by Nganu. In his last fight before Blades, it was a fucking... It was a Street Fighter style... Yeah. Uh, One of the worst of like, all time. I tiger mean, just, uppercut, knocked him in the air. Ugh. Like, yeah. it was bad. The, the KO prior to that against Stipe, I don't... It was a solid KO. I don't remember it being too crazy, but there's some... Sure. He's got some other ones on his record where they were they were pretty bad. Um, pretty much... But he did have a nice little streak there in, uh, in Strike Fort. Well... <laughs> When he was Uberim, he had a nice yeah. little streak well, where he wasn't getting KO'd at all. Well, I was gonna say, like physically, he looked real good in this fight. He did, like yeah. he looked like he was back on the horse meat. Yeah, we were. So, uh, we had uh, mentioned that he didn't. Now he didn't look like he was. Um, he was eating the whole horse. <laughs> yeah, he, but was, he at least got a leg. In. He he may have had a uh, a doctor recommended dosage of horse meat for this fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he looked a little better, which is, um, you know, I wouldn't have any problem if they just took. All of the, uh, all of the uh, former TRT users, and just throw them in their own fight league and let them fight each yeah, other. Yeah, TRT league. That'd be TRTFC. really entertaining. Yeah, TRT. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. A specific TRT league. Yeah. That would be incredible. Just do it, guys. Just make it a thing. You yeah. know, some guys have low testosterone, and maybe they don't need to uh, fight with the the guys who do have high testosterone naturally, but. Because they gotta have you know supplementation, but does that mean they can't fight? Come on! No, yeah, they yeah. should still be allowed to fight. Um, another thing we were talking about, which uh, I'm sure all of you who are listening uh, know about this by now, was the uh, CM Punk Mike Jackson fight. Oh, before um, we get to that, before we get to that, because we mm-hmm. go down a rabbit hole with that one. But yeah, uh, there's a lot to say. We about we that. also mentioned the uh, the Rashad fight. Ah, uh, uh, yes. yeah. So yeah. Rashad got KO'd brutally. I myself haven't seen it yet, but Matt uh, was kind enough to spoil the surprise. No, I'm playing, but um, it, it's 
Yeah, Rashad yeah. Evans getting t- he got KO'd by Anthony Smith from a uh, knee. Man, it's brutal. It's uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, um, and uh, you, you made some some interesting points. Like I didn't realize how bad uh, of the losing streak is that Rashad is on right now. He's on what a five five fight losing streak. Yeah, he's on a five fight losing streak. Two of those losses were uh, split decisions, but. Uh, Regardless, for somebody who was at Rashad Evans' level at one point to be on a losing streak uh, like that at this point in his it's, career, being 38 years old, it's probably time for him to uh, to hang it up. We're dude, it's tough. It's tough to think here. about. Um, I'm showing Keith the uh, the knee that Anthony Smith hit on Rashad Evans, and uh, I mean, he it's pretty clear he went he went fully out. I mean, completely. Oh to my sleep. god. Yeah, yeah, he was done. I think his. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say, you know. It is hard to say. But uh, it was. Yeah, but it was a bad knockout. It's it's almost tough to look at like that. Shit, that was tough, man. Um, okay, so you guys just got my my initial reaction of actually seeing that for the first time. That was uh, <laughs> Keith just shed a tear. Yeah, for that, those of you. I'm not even see. really a Rashad <laughs> fan particularly, but fuck, that was pretty rough to watch, man, because he looked really helpless. Like he looked yeah. very just like, uh, I don't know, kind of like like you see like an old man slip down the stairs a little bit. You don't really want to laugh. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, is he okay? Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, you're just, with, with those guys that came out of that era that uh, Rashad Evans came out of, um, he was the second season of The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, Ultimate Fighter I, I remember on The Ultimate Fighter, I, I liked him a lot. Like, I thought he was, uh, I was very impressed by him because he fought more than everybody else, and he won all of his fights. And he was a smaller yeah, guy was, on that season. Yeah. Um, Interesting season. They had Rashad Evans, Keith Jardine, <laughs> Seth Petruzzelli, in the lighter weight uh, classes. Big they had baby. Joe Stevenson. Yeah, was that the that was the season they had Big Baby, right? Or was that just the heavyweight season? Big Baby. Oh no, you're talking. That was the one where Rashad coached. Yeah, that might have been the one where Rashad coached. That was the one that had Kimbo on it. That was all heavyweight. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was <laughs> that was a crazy season because that was the one where they had a Rashad Evans season. They had Diego Sanchez at welterweight, Kenny Florian. So they had some big names in yeah. there. Um, yeah, that's right. That was a good season. They had a lot of people who became like really big stars out of that season. Or was that season one? I'm thinking of. I think it. No, I think it was that season. Season one was the one that had. Uh, oh no, I did get. I got those mixed up. Some of those guys I, I'd mentioned, like Kenny Florian and uh-huh. Diego Sanchez. Those were from season one. Season yeah. two had a. Season one was like Forrest Griffin and. Yeah! Uh, yeah! Yeah! And, that was a fun. Yeah. That was that was the best season. That was uh, they had a lot of guys in that season. Dude, the first season was fucking become. crazy. That it shit was. was like that shit was hardcore real world, but yeah. with fighters. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's lame now, dude. I mean, it's 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 strange to me because if you watch the UFC, they've gone backwards and forwards in certain ways. So, and it's it's arguable. But let's say from just a fighting perspective. Some people would perceive it as going backwards, but from an entertainment perspective, you could say they've gone forward, I guess, because they've emphasized that more, the entertainment value, as far as the outlandish persona that the car- the fighters put on, um, you know, in the era of Conor McGregor and, and everything. However, 
as far as the Ultimate Fighter goes over the years, they've turned it more, they're less about the drama and more into just about the sporting. So they've kind of reversed paths on both of them. Yeah. Because if you watch the Ultimate Fighter now, all the, there's no, these guys are pros. There's no like drama yeah. really between these dudes. They're all like the if they get into an argument, they'll come back later and say sorry. Like there's no, like, <laughs> they don't hold grudges. I mean, they're like real martial artists. Yeah, um, um, I haven't watched it recently, uh, so I don't really know. Like I, I kind of like lost interest in uh, the Ultimate Fighter back in the day, just because reality TV isn't really my thing anyway. So um, I was I only would really watch it for the fights. Uh, so occasionally I'll watch an episode of it. I think the last one I saw was um, that first one where they they mixed guy the guys and girls in it. That was the, I think that was the live season. Yeah, and I I was just like this. The drama in this seems very played out. It doesn't seem very organic and real. And it I was just really watching for the fights. Remember that super dorky guy from Alpha Male? Yeah, that was uh, what's his uh, what's name. His name? Uh, God, why am I forgetting this He guy's fought in the UFC a couple times since, Yeah, he right? did. He, he got... But what happened with him was... Uh, he banged that one girl. Chris and then he, Yeah. And he, he banged that one girl, and then he was, like, all bragging about it to the it was guys. Like, that was Juliana like, Pena. Yeah, Juliana Pena. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Hold... Apparently, that Chris Holdsworth dude is a really, really good fighter. Like, apparently really? over there at Team Alpha Male, he just... he's He's, like, the gym champion. Really? Because he's yep. like a fucking geek, man. No, they, no <laughs> according to well, his mixed martial arts record is six wins with zero losses. Really? All of his wins are by submission. So apparently, I thought, he's I thought he a, lost to somebody in UFC, but maybe I'm just no. Out so of my what mind. happened? Apparently, he's just a ground. He's a ground uh, stud. Yeah. And then his uh, his exhibition record? No, he won all of his fights on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, but what happened with him? The rumor is, and I can uh, I just pulled up the Wikipedia article, but I've heard on this a lot. Uh, Holdsworth's former teammate, TJ Dillasaw, is allegedly responsible for Holdsworth being absent from competitive fighting since 2014, when Dillashaw concussed him a few occasions with illegal knees during training, <laughs> with Holdsworth wow. taking an indefinite hiatus from competition since then. And the word on the street was, according to some of the interviews I've heard, is that Holdsworth would just get the better of Dillashaw in training and wow. TJ got frustrated and needed him a few times. And, um, but apparently this guy that if this guy, if Holdsworth hadn't uh, had the concussion issues that he, that he's had, uh, they say that he, uh, was on his way to becoming a champion. Wow. One of the young, at age 21, he was one of the youngest BJJ black belts in the U S. Um, and he got his blue belt from, uh, Hoist Gracie, his purple from Henner, Huron, and Rory on Gracie. So he's uh, pretty legit, I guess. Wow, I had no idea. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's funny the things that you find when you really like dig into a, a subject. But anyway, back on topic. So yes. we talked about the Rashad fight. We talked about the Reem fight. I don't know why I'm using the people who lost names to identify the fights, but... <laughs> um, so we get to the CM Punk fight to continue the tradition. Uh, yeah. So Mike Jackson, what a character. CM Punk. Enough said. What anyway, a punching bag. What a punching bag. <laughs> it was horrible. It looked like, what's the guy's name on, um, what's the guy's name on Mike Tyson's punch out? 
Like left hook Larry or oh, she's like the first guy who's all super awkward and he yeah, has that like crazy face. Joe, I think. Uh, shit, I always think of Soto Popinski. Yeah, it's something Joe. Uh, Glass Joe. There we go. All right, yeah. So Glass Joe is the punch out character, the wimpy Frenchman who gets knocked out because yes. Joe is glass. Yeah, and you know, in uh, in CM Punk's defense, uh. Even though Mike Jackson wasn't really uh, hitting him with with too much power, obviously, um, he at least pushed forward. He didn't go down. Um, he, he displayed really um, the the basic fundamental level of heart that is required to really just survive a fight. So you yes. got to credit him with that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, at, at the end of the day, at the guy is a multimillionaire. <laughs> He doesn't have to be doing this, so it's admirable that he's has the balls to put himself out there to do it. Um, but I just don't know why. That's just the one thing that I look it's, at and I watch this and I just go, "Why? Why are you doing this to it's, yourself?" It's humiliating. Like yeah. it's humiliating to perform that way. To be honest, like to go out and take a guy who has so much uh, social attention, he's like the eyes of the world are on him because he's more famous than all the people who are in there fighting. Who are good at what they're doing and he's just going in there like it's like like he's like an eccentric billionaire that's just like you know it like did you guys ever see that episode of friends where uh john favreau or, or however you pronounce his name he uh he's like dating one of the characters on friends and he just goes he he hires this old kung fu master to uh to train him and he's like i want to get into this this ufc thing that's going on <laughs> i no, he, i have not seen it's this it's hilarious it shows him like he fights tank abbott on the end of the episode <laughs> and uh and he just like runs at him like with his hands up he's like ah and then it just shows him in the hospital on the next scene <laughs> like, that's what that's, it looked like to me yeah it's we, we were talking about this earlier and we were saying it's really really hard to believe that CM Punk has been training with Duke Rufus for the last few years. Yeah, like because he just still looks so fucking awful. Yeah. Um he uh he has this really measurable awkwardness that even an untrained eye can really see it where like he's really hunched forward and like he has his hands up really high like an uncomfortable like a really uncomfortable stance. He doesn't look like he's ready to fight. He just looks like he's... It, it, it doesn't even look like... He, his body mechanics look so poor that it doesn't even look like he could be trained to throw a knockout punch. Right. He doesn't look like he, he has potential to throw a knockout punch from the way he's he's set up to move. Yeah. And uh, what, I, what I really wanted to talk about, um, as I mentioned before we we had to uh, cut out and restart. Um, this fight felt very enigmatic to me, how bizarre it was. If you guys haven't seen it, it's not the most exciting fight in the world, but it really is worth a watch just because it's very strange. Like it, it, it appeared so odd and awkward that it's, it's speculated that it was either a fix or it was a, um, not a fix, not a fix, but I like like Mike Jackson might have been like paid some money to not knock him out or right. finish him. Yeah. Or he might have been like 
uh, he might have been stalling for extra airtime to get his name out a little bit more. I, I tend to agree with that because it was just really odd looking. Yeah, um, like he was landing at will. He was way faster, way crisper than uh, way crisper than CM, and. I don't know if he just had no muscle in his body. If he was just, you know, a bag of bones throwing punches as hard as he could at him, but he he would just hit and then hang out for a while and just kind of look at the camera and like look over at yeah, at the, Dana White off in the corner. There, seemed, there <laughs> like, did not seem to be any urgency whatsoever on the part of Mike Jackson. Yeah, it was very strange. It was like. I, I really don't think I've ever seen a fighter with that kind of like attitude in in the ring before in the cage. No, no, very lackadaisical, just just odd, just yeah. really fucking odd. It's almost but, it's almost hard to describe. Like yeah, you guys will just have to watch it. Hopefully, that's the last we see of CM Punk and Mike Jackson. Unless um, he fights Artem Lobov at one forty for some he, reason. Strangely requested a yeah. fight with Artem Lobov, who fights at 145. Uh, I just, I don't know. I think Artem Lobov would beat the shit out of him. But, right. But uh, we don't really have much to go off of because he fought CM Punk. He fought CM Punk, which is no display of his skills whatsoever. And also the the odd way that he fought CM Punk was also... If he has any knockout power, if he, what he would do if he actually was like putting the juice into the fight and really trying to take it to him, I saw just no killer instinct and no urgency. But he may just have been so far ahead of CM Punk skill wise that he was just like, I can really take this fight however the fuck I want. There's nothing this awkward guy can do to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I could, uh, I could see that too. Well, moving on from CM Punk, we had the uh, Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson fight. Mm -hmm. Um, Started off promising. Um, Megan Anderson looked good to begin with on the feet. She Uh, opened up with a great combo. Really clean, really crispy. Yeah, she she looked very, very sharp on the feet. Uh, But Holly Holm just was much more physical. A lot stronger of a girl. Took her down and, you know, kind of just had her way with her on the floor. Just as a physical matchup, in fact, I, I really saw this fight uh, as as an interesting interesting thing because not a lot of uh, not a lot of girls in that weight class are Holly Holmes's height. Holly Holmes has a height advantage on everybody. That's why she's head kicking people so easily. Like she her foot is like already at head height for yeah, everybody else Holly that Holm, she fights. Holly Holm typically has a size size advantage or height advantage against the people she fights, mm-hmm. and then you take Megan Anderson, who's six foot, which is fucking gargantuan for the yeah. female division. I mean, she might be the tallest female fighter in the UFC. Wasn't there She's that there. that one girl? Jessamine Duke. Uh, Duke. There we she go. She was about six foot. I think. I thought she was like a little tall. I thought she was she like six been. one, six two, something yeah, like she that. Might have she, been. but she. She wasn't, wasn't any good. Yeah, like she, she was very like yeah, she was way too like like lanky and skinny. Like she couldn't do anything with her height. She, yeah, yeah, she um, Megan Anderson. If she can figure out her ground game and do something with that, she 
seemingly has a lot of potential. Um, she's obviously just got to get that figured out. She's got to figure something out with, uh, she may have to go up a weight class. Cause I, I really feel like until she puts a little muscle on, she's going to be vulnerable to getting, uh, to getting worn out by, by more physical girls. Like how, like how Holly home did. Yeah. She came out strong. She was faster. She was crisper with the striking, but by the time Holly home had wrestled her out a little bit, those, Big Holly Holm core muscles had really just taken all the juice out of uh, Megan Anderson's arms, and she couldn't do much after yeah, that. There could be some. Uh, I, I think what they should do is maybe match up a Megan Anderson with a uh, more of a, a striking centric fighter next, um, just so well, we could get some impressive wins out of her maybe in the UFC. But I, I would say that or Holly Holm be, is a striking centric well, no, fighter. That's what I was gonna, like, but. She, I, I agree. Yeah, she's definitely a striking centric fighter. But I'm just saying, match her up with somebody. But she also has a very good ground game. Right. Match her up with somebody who has no ground game, and let's just have her beat the shit out of mm. a few girls. Just match her up with somebody <laughs> who's gonna strike with her. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, you know, there, there's plenty of those. Give her like a Betch Cohea or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be uh, interesting. But um, yeah, I'm still interested well, to see what comes out of her in the future. Uh, yeah, still pretty I, young. I, I would like to see what um I would like to see what Megan Anderson can do against I, I, someone who's gonna fight fight her that way like not somebody who's just gonna like stuff her and uh, and 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 fucking salt her game. It, it's kind of looking like they're gonna do. Um, it's kind of looking like they're gonna do Holly Holm versus uh, Cyborg potentially now. Sure, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think Cyborg would probably beat the shit out of her because she's far too aggressive powerful um, yeah i think really the only female i see even having a chance against cyborg is amanda nunes yeah um she's the only one who can match her power i think not not even match her she's just got a different style when we've talked about this before yeah. how amanda nunes is a lot more explosive with her striking and cyborg kind I, of just is i would hate to uh place any bets on that fight like because there's there's a lot of different ways that one could go and uh that that goes either way i'm placing uh, my bet right now okay place and your i'm bet. going i've been saying this for a while i'm going amanda nunez go amanda nunez i don't give a shit i uh <laughs> i think that i think that amanda nunez it would uh i think she might uh almost kind of like shock cyborg a little bit with the you think uh, so yeah, with how hard she hits. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Stry Cyborg is probably training with men who hit just as hard. And, but one of the common themes among the women who have fought Amanda Nunes, they all say that she hits like a man. Right. I mean, they say she hits insanely hard. Even like Kat Zingano. Well, who, look at her. Look at her when she hits those. Yeah, she's... Like, when she hits those people she fights, they just fucking crumple. Like she's a she's a power hitter for sure. She may be the first real power hitter in women's MMA. Yeah, I mean, she because like, if you really look at uh, like now people might dispute that and say, well, what about Cyborg? Well, if you really look Cyborg's at Cyborg's not record, a power hitter. She's not. It's all TKOs. Yeah, she's a um, she's a fucking gorilla like powerhouse. And so when she drags you to the ground and beats the dog shit out of you. That doesn't really qualify as power striking. Right. That's yeah. that's damage dealing, you know. But that that's not like when a crisp striker on the feet 
starts landing shots on you and yeah. those Different. shots are like devastating if you look at uh so like i heard a uh, kat zangano on joe rogan's podcast recently and uh she was talking about her fight with um with amanda nunez back in 2014 that was the first time i saw amanda nunez fight and i remember when i was watching that fight telling uh telling ariana that i think this chick is going to be like champion one day she is fucking she's a monster and even though she lost that fight, you just I just saw how vicious she was. I was like, there's not a lot of women who are going to be able to take that punishment. And um, Kat Zingano, when she was on Rogan's podcast, she was talking about how even though she won that fight, she had like post-concussion symptoms for a really long time. Right. She just got hit so hard. She said even from the ground, from the bottom, Nunez was hitting her so yeah. hard. Um, so That's really funny because what fight was on that uh... – my sister was remarking on that. She was talking about like somebody got taken down and they were they were throwing little shots from the bottom and Kim was like, Why doesn't she just keep doing that? Hit her, hit her and I was like, Well, <laughs> that's not a good idea to be trying to strike from the bottom. You don't have any leverage, it's all arm punches. You're not gonna knock somebody out from the bottom, but there we go. Apparently we, uh, we have an example. Apparently we have an example of where you can do that. Yeah, Amanda Nunes, that's an interesting prospect. She's a fucking savage and she's tearing through everybody. I think even if uh even if she hits a wall and uh fights somebody that she can't beat, like say Cyborg uh overwhelms her and beats her, she's still going to be a uh she's still going to be one of those top-tier fighters in that division. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how like you never know how a fighter responds to a loss. She could if that happens, she could potentially like crumple under it and I could fuck her confidence up but I don't know I I see this uh I see this solidity out of her where she's probably just going to be one of those even even if she doesn't become champion she's going to be one of those people floating around championship for her whole career yeah yeah um well moving on from that we had um we got to uh Colby Covington versus Rafael Dos Anjos um that was a good fight yeah, it was it was a fairly competitive fight, pretty back and forth. Um, I mean, Colby Covington basically just won this fight utilizing his size. He looked like he was two weight classes bigger than uh, Dos Anjos. Yeah, he just pressured Dos Anjos. He kept closing the distance. He didn't really give him any room to breathe. I would say he 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 out uh, he used his size, and he may have been slightly better conditioned. I didn't. Um, I didn't see. I, I didn't see Dos Anjos. Uh, I didn't he see didn't, him yeah, gas. He didn't he, look gas. He actually looked really good at the he end did. of the fight. Like that's when he, he really started, started to come opening on a up. Bit at the end, that's right. Because I think. I think maybe. I don't know if this is the case. If uh, if Covington slowed down a little bit at the end, but he wasn't really uh, swarming him as much, and no. uh, it gave it gave Dos Anjos a little bit of room to start throwing some combos, and he was landing. He definitely landed shots through the fight. He just wasn't really able to open up at any point and and do anything devastating. No, he just he he's number one. We we had uh, mentioned this earlier, but number one, he is just too. I think Dos Anjos is too small uh, for some of the bigger guys in that division. Yeah. So you know, if, if they matched if they matched him up with a you know a Darren Till or mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson or somebody like that, he's gonna have some issues. Dude, those you, guys are way bigger than him. Way like, bigger. Yeah. And if you look at, if you just even, I forgot that was the same weight class. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
And even if you were to look at uh, now, there has been some taller dudes that that uh, you know Dos Anjos has beaten in the past, like Neil Magny, but that's Neil Magny. Um, but look at his fight with Ferguson in 2016. He had some issues with Tony because yeah. Tony's a lankier dude, and he's just you know he's got that weird style. But yeah, I can't picture like even if Dos Anjos had won this fight and he got their interim title. Number one, I don't see him beating Woodley. Yeah. Number two, I don't see him beating Till or Thompson or some right. of these bigger welterweight fighters. I don't see Covington. I don't see Covington beating either. them either. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I, I just it's this was a I this was a fun matchup, but at the same time, it didn't really truly feel like either one of these guys were really the best welterweight yeah. on the planet. No, no. Yeah. Um, and that's. You know that's a that's a hard statement towards uh, Dos Anjos because he's really he's been a savage over the last few years, man. He he since yeah. he started training with uh, just became a monster. He was really good back in the day. Like when I first saw him fight, I think the first fight I saw him fight was uh, Tyson Griffin, and he got him in that calf slicer and fucked his leg up. He had, he showed some like really crafty uh, jujitsu. But he it was might, like a. Huh? It might have been. Because it says here, well, he fought Tyson Griffin back in 2009. Yeah. Um, but he lost a unanimous decision to Tyson Griffin. Yeah, he did. He did. But it like I remember fight, he got him in a he got him in a calf slicer that like fucked his leg up, and I remember Tyson Griffin got all like he got all like stanky leg. He was like wobbling around on it, mm-hmm. and uh, but he still Tyson was a warrior, man. He he kept he kept up, and he he was a little overwhelming. He was too physical, too strong. And that was the, um, that was the RDA. I remember. Yeah. And then RDA came back out of like, after a handful of fights of being like good, but not overwhelmingly impressive. And all of a sudden he had like a six pack and fucking, you know, dinner plate pecs. And he'd been training with Rafael Cordero and he just saw this savage striking. And yeah, he, um, they, they credit it to one of the big changes they say he made was obviously going over to train with Cordero. He really got his striking crisp. And Joe Rogan's always talking about his uh, strength and conditioning changes yeah. that he made when he sure. started working Absolutely. with Nick Kersen. I've actually done um, um, so a lot of Nick Kersen's uh, training protocol because he has two videos that he released online. That's um, called ATP Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, and it's a lot of balance work combined with explosive plyometric work. Um, very, very interesting, uh, interesting training methods. Um, super, super detailed plyometric work. Mm-hmm. Like he basically gives you this whole kind of a, the, the training system that he picked up. He actually picked it up from these, uh, the Marinovich brothers. Who right. Two, uh, well, he, yeah, he, NFL he, players. he was, uh, wasn't, he was like their student or whatever. Yeah. Like he's there. Yeah. yeah. And then Nick Kerson kind of went off on his own and he's, um, he well, now, you know, he, Nick Kerson is the, he's like the house, uh, he's the house strength and conditioning guy for my, my roommate's gym that he trains. In, oh really? His, uh, boxing works. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, my, my friend April, she's a Muay Thai fighter. she, she does she's part of like his group that his group. he works with yeah, yeah. well he so. does he does as far as a uh, plyometric work goes i think he's one of the best dudes out there his um his stuff is really good 
But I, I think with Rafael dos Anjos, he was always a pretty explosive dude, even before that. You know, he but he physically looks so much different. Yeah, like he's like well, remarkably. There has like, been speculation. On, sure, uh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, what know, he did yeah. to get to that yeah, point. Of course, of course. Like don't that. Want to accuse the guy when, if he hasn't been caught. Yeah, if you see a a massive physical transformation like that, like, um, I mean, yeah, there's obviously some some speculation there of what could be the case, you know, it could be chemical as well as physical. But, um, personally I've, I've been through some like pretty significant, uh, physical changes just from natural working out too. And I, like, I, I never used steroids for right. that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and that's the thing that's, I think, um, that's just, the thing we definitely want to point out because there's a lot of people out there who will kind of just jump to, you know, you could have a lot of these fight. What people don't realize is a lot of these fighters, when they first get into fighting, they're not necessarily into going to the gym. They right. just like learning the techniques of fighting. Well, a lot of them are so, martial artists. They're right, fighters. Yeah, yeah like, they're and, fighters. And that doesn't necessarily so, mean that I'm an athlete, too. Exactly. Like, so once you introduce them to a proper, you know, strength and conditioning program, uh, it can, you know, change their physique quite a bit. Um, so it's like anybody else. If you were to take them and you were to start having them have them start lifting weights, they're going to make some transformations. Um, so, you know, it's like a lot of times you don't know what the case is with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And especially for somebody like Dos Anjos, he's been around forever. He's been fighting in the UFC for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, his first fight was against Jeremy Stevens on UFC 91 in uh, 2008. Oh, man, that is a that is a brutal welcome party. I know. He lost that fight. Uh, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> then that. The Tyson Griffin fight came right after that. And then he was kind of, his record was kind of spotty from there. More wins than losses, but. That's um, exactly what I remember is him yeah. being just like that. But I, I, I really recall him being uh, like what, what he really needed was to, to physical up. So that's not really surprising that the, the big difference there was him, you know, putting a, a plate of muscle over his body. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he, he went on a couple of couple of good really good uh, win runs there um yeah so uh rda you know he's he's had a some pretty good win streaks here and there but um i'd still really like to maybe see him go back to 55 i still think he looks great at 70 but i just I, think for him to compete with the elite in that weight class um some he, of those guys are just too big. He's a solid fighter at seventy. He's a, yeah. he's like a I I hate to use the expression like gatekeeper, but you know you know what I mean. Like he's at that level yeah. where it's like no no slouches are gonna come in and take RDA at no at one seventy. Like if you can go and beat him, then you know you're dealing with a with a top ten level fighter. But also at the same time, it's not gonna be a place where he's gonna get to the title realistically. No, no, and uh, don't get me wrong. Like Covington did not impress me really at all with that fight either. He just kind of—I felt like he won off of size, man. Like yeah. more than anything, I think he just won that fight off of being good game planning. He fought—he fought the right way to win that fight, and uh, but he used his size, and that's just not going to be the case against Woodley. No, I don't see him doing very well against Woodley. I think Woodley is going to dominate in pretty much every area of that fight. But I also wouldn't see Covington doing very well against 
you know Till or Wonder Boy either. Yeah, no, no, um, I don't think so either. He's not, I, I don't think his, his 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 transitions are clean enough to be able to take either one of them down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and somebody, he would just get eaten up on the feet. Yeah, somebody with really surgical striking like those guys who is going to be able to you know put one of those shots like right between your teeth and uh, yeah. and move and move effectively to put themselves out of range of your takedowns. Like I, I don't think he's going to really be able to. Uh, to make that work. Speaking of which, what did you think of uh, the uh, Till versus Wonder Boy fight? Because I don't think we ever got a chance to talk about that. Oh man, I got a. I wrote like two pages of notes on that. <laughs> like uh, it was a really good fight. I thought it was very interesting. I think uh, Till won that fight off of uh, what is called cage control. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is basically the guy who's moving forward. They have a. Uh, Sometimes it's referred to as aggression. Uh, the 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 actual strike count was super close. It was really really close. The the landed strikes. Um, their styles were extremely similar. Yeah. And while Till claims a a Muay Thai style, he really fought him with a uh, very karate, like yeah. very classical karate style. It almost actually like there's this really exciting thing about that fight that. It felt like an old school like NHB karate match where these right. two hardcore karate masters were just fighting. Like, right. Yeah. He he. Uh. It, no, it did. It definitely did. He definitely doesn't use a traditional Muay Thai style. And I agree with you. When the fight was over, I gave it. I edged it to Till a little bit. Yeah. I, well, I, um, Till Till got that knockdown in the uh, yeah. In the last without round. that, I feel knockdown, like that was. Without the knockdown, it was it, it was close. But if any fight was a candidate for a tie, that would be dude. It. Seriously, pretty goddamn. Close without the knockdown, this. without the knockdown, that's for sure a yeah. tie. Um, because also, I hate to score cage control when a guy's style is a uh, a lateral back movement right. counter striker. Like how do how can you say that? The other guy's in control because he's walking forward when the other guy when wants him guy to walks. walk forward. Yeah. Like, uh, he's really controlling him on an even more specific level. Yeah. And how about Till uh, drastically missing weight? Right. I forgot about that. He lost, yeah. He was like seven pounds. Yeah, he was, he was like, like seven pounds over. over. He was very... I forgot um, about that, actually. He just... So, um, you know, Darren Till, he's a, he's a big dude, obviously. Um, he's got some issues making weight. Um, but I think, actually, it would be a good idea. for De- He looks a little soft to me. And I think it would be a good idea. What, what people don't understand is that the guys who, um, who actually do have some more lean muscle on their frame uh, have an easier time of making weight a lot of times yeah. because your body is like a sponge and your muscle holds water. Right. It's easier and for you to drain that sponge. Well, fat also, I think, uh, fat holds on to water tighter than muscle does too. Like, right. Yeah. Like I, I've noticed that too, but also till does look a little bit soft, but he does have that like striker body. Like, yeah, he does. like, uh, that, Softer, like we talked about this. Well, uh, is the upper part of his body, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. His legs are like football player legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. upper part. He carries like ninety percent of his weight in his fucking. Legs. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you think he could shed off that weight from his? Uh, he, he could do that that weight cut just from his legs alone. He just he wear sweatpants when he's uh, when he's doing his weight cut. His legs off, yeah, 
he just goes in there, yeah, just goes in there in a wheelchair. Just start cutting things off. See what you can uh, make weight with. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great uh, that was a great fight fight card. There was some really good fights on that one. I'm trying to remember who else fought that night. Yeah, so it was a good uh, it was a good night of fights. We had uh, Knight versus Americani, Talib versus Silva. We had uh, Arnold Allen versus Mads Burnell. That was a really good fight. That was uh, Arnold Allen. I remember him. I'd never seen him before, and I never I don't think I'd seen Mads Burnell either. But remember, Mads looked like uh, looked like a little midget version of Ragnar from Vikings, and. Uh, and Arnold Allen looked like a 10-year-old with a mustache. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had Magni versus, uh, versus White. That was a good one. That's right. So that yep. was a good night of fights. Um, but let's talk about, uh, you know, the real, the real showstopper of uh, 225, which is, um, which is Romero versus Whitaker. Yeah, Romero versus Whitaker. Man, what a fight that was. Might have been uh, the best middleweight title fight ever. Very, it's up there. Very competitive. A lot of scrambles. A lot of, like, they were all over that cage. Yes. Like, big yeah, scrambles. The, the thing I loved about that fight, uh, it, it was almost like the polar opposite of Dos Anjos versus Covington. Because with Covington versus Dos Anjos... You didn't really feel like you were watching the two top welterweights yeah. in the world. Whereas with with Whitaker versus Romero, you were undoubtedly watching the yeah. two top middleweights in the world. Oh, no man. speculation. I mean, just the, the two best dudes, and it was so close. And it was so close that they were really, like, shutting each other down. Like, there was almost... Uh, yeah. There was a, it, it almost felt at some point like there just couldn't be a finish because both of these guys are so good, they just weren't going to let it happen. They yeah. knew what to do, and they were active about I'd it. I like the willpower yeah. by both of these dudes that they... Like, fucking Whitaker, man. He might be my favorite fighter. That guy is just such a stud. Like, he's he's only 27, too. Yeah, but he just animal. seems like he's wise beyond his years. Like, he's got so much fucking heart. And um, just that, that beautiful just fighting instinct. I mean, it's just... You just can't teach that mm. shit, what he has. I was really waiting for uh, Romero to be like, I love you. I love you. I love you, Whitaker. <laughs> Whitaker, I want to suck your dick. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, yeah, he, uh, w- w- did you see Whitaker broke his hand in that fight? Clean break, too. Really? Yeah, they showed the x-ray after. Oh, shit. No, right, uh, right where his, uh, right yeah, just below I, his I thumb. Him, I heard him talking about it. It was a full-blown, clean just oh, looked like you straight up took a saw and chopped it in half. Dude, brutal. Um, and apparently that happened pretty early on. I remember they mentioned that. They were like, he's not throwing that hand that much. And yeah. He was, well, he if was you remember, warrior, too, in the, yeah. uh, was it the third or the second round when he started hitting him with elbow, elbows? And he had a... It's funny, too, because what happens with Romero is even if the other guy does damage and wobbles him, it gets forgotten. Because the damage Romero does is so impressive yeah. and so flashy that that's all people remember. Right. So well, it's like Romero is like the Terminator. He's yeah, a he is. Specimen. Yeah. I, I'm 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 convinced that he was created in a lab. He uh, somewhere. Yo Romero. Uh, they took Kurt Angle, O.J. Simpson, and The Rock, and they spliced their genes together, <laughs> and that's what came out. He's it's a beautiful. freak. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He fucking he is a freak. 
And uh, but what happens though is yeah, people just tend to remember. Like in that fight, for instance, a lot of people were saying that they thought Yoel won, and he could have very easily won. It was a close fight. But they kept citing how on the last round, uh, you know, he had Whitaker. He had him in some serious fucking trouble yeah. for that whole round. Oh, he had sure, him wobbled, yeah. which I agree with. Oh, man, I remember he was like, yeah, yeah he, he was, he was, he was out on his feet for almost yeah. the entire round. But still fighting, man. But what people forget is that it was either two or three. Whitaker was landing some heavy elbows, mm-hmm. and he had Romero wobbled, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it was a close fucking fight. That's another fight. When we were talking about Thompson versus Till, and we said that if there's any fight that would make sense to be called a draw, it would be that. Same thing Same with Whitaker and here, Romero. Yeah. Um, but even if that white fight had been called a draw, Whitaker still would win by default because Romero wasn't eligible for the title because he didn't make weight. Dude, what's up with these great fights where somebody doesn't make weight? Nobody's making weight anymore, dude. Yeah, Romero only missed weight by like point two. two. Like, and they said that supposedly the commission wouldn't let him continue. He said he could have made the weight, but the commission wouldn't let him continue. And Was it a uh, hydration issue? I don't know. They Probably. Do they do the maybe. hydration tests Yeah, now, so. maybe. But even then, it's like still, it's it's... I don't know. And, you know, Romero, you know I that, like Romero, but that, the guy does have a past of doing some kind of yeah. shady incidents. So that that reminds me. Uh, do you remember what they said about the Till fight, though? Um, how uh, they, they made him because he missed weight so dramatically that they made him weigh in the next yeah. day at like 185. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. He couldn't come like, in over. I think it was 188. He yeah, couldn't come over that way. Weird. It's very weird. Um it kind of makes sense, though, as far as punishments it, it, goes. I mean, you... It makes sense, but it also is, like, kind of... But it's just... It's not really the way things are done. You know? No, like, it, well, it seems kind of unethical. It's like... Because it's kind of dangerous to <laughs> yeah. actually compete at a... Uh, yeah. It's kind of dangerous to compete at a... At a, at a, at a diminished... Yeah. Like, weight. At a diminished hydration. Yeah, level. no, exactly. So, like, so it, it does seem unethical. Yeah, it's... Um, it's odd a, choice. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit uh, archaic of a punishment system. It's like, yeah, it's like why didn't they just tie one of his hands behind well, his back and or they, something? Too? They like, they, right? re- they released the video. Yeah, tie his hand. Um, fucking tie his dick to his thigh. Yeah, no, exactly. No. Tie his uh, dick to his thigh. That's how he has to compete now. No high uh, kicks. <laughs> <laughs> or you will rip his dick off. Uh, no, it seemed like it seemed like. Uh, they, they showed a video after the fact, like a few days later, of Till cutting weight uh, backstage. And it was him, like, laying on the ground, and his team had blankets over him. And, <laughs> you know, there was a point where they carried him off the treadmill, and supposedly his vision was blurred. And everybody was like, this is so horrific. Weight cutting has to stop in MMA and blah, 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 blah. It looks like every other weight cutting video I've ever seen. Guys have been true, doing this. They act like this shit is new, you know? No, um, no, yeah, I know no one's acting like this. Sh- it's not like this shit is new, but it, it, we really do need to do something about it. I mean, the only reason why anybody has to cut weight is because they know that somebody coming. else is going to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to fight at 170, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a 200-pound guy. And if I don't cut weight to 170, I'm going to fight a guy who's 230 at 185. You know? Right. So it's really, like, it's, it's so like brutal but when you're at the top level of the game and you're dealing with guys who know how to fight and they know how to cut weight you're like you have no chance if you're not doing it too yeah and you know and it's like 
It's just a part of fighting. I mean, yeah. unless they just get rid of, unless they just make it to where you just weigh in at what you, you know, you just fight at what you weigh in at. Well, they, they or, have a good thing on in uh, in one FC. I can never really remember the way that I, they do it. I, I, think I yeah, I like remember a, hearing about this. Yeah, they do like a, a like, where they like track the guys throughout yeah, the year. Like they follow their weight, and then yeah. they go like, all right, you guys are about this same weight, so you can't gain a lot of weight, and you can't drop a lot of weight, and as long as you show up you guys are around the same weight it's fine i don't remember exactly what their system was but it was pretty smart no yeah you're right i i do remember hearing about that and i think that is what they do they have a year-round kind of structure because they had a dude was it one fc that had the guy that died cutting weight probably there was a promotion that had a guy who died cutting weight well multiple that, that's, promotions well, that's now, happened but, a few times it's yeah. happened in wrestling too like like that's where people that's where people die is from uh, head injuries associated with uh, with cutting weight and heart problems associated with cutting weight. Mm-hmm. It's never from the the violence of the fight. It's always something stupid related to fucking weight cutting and shit. Yeah. But anyway, forgetting all that, back to where we were about the uh, about the um, well the main event. The the interesting thing here too is uh you know after you have a fight like that that's that competitive between Romero and Whitaker where do you go from there? Uh, do you decide to give Weidman another title shot? Do you give it to Gastelum? Those are really the only two dudes that are lined up for that. Um, after Gastelum beat uh, beat Jacare, I mean that really. I I would his. prefer yeah I would prefer to see Gastelum versus Whitaker. Um, That'd be interesting, but for sure. Weidman did beat Gastelum fairly recently when they fought. So, um, sure. I don't know. Um, There's arguments for both. Uh, I just, I personally, I would rather just see them do Yol versus Whitaker three. When it's that close, fuck it, have them fight again. Sure. Um, if they had but, those dudes but fight, back, a, but back to back. I mean, you got to give those guys a little time. No, they like, do need to, time. But if they give did, them time to mix their game up and yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. But if they did have those guys fight a third time, you could argue that's like in the top five greatest rivalries ever in UFC. Sure. Yeah. That... And the interesting thing about that rivalry is that it would be one of the few rivalries that had nothing to do with shit talk or yeah. the two guys hating each other, just purely based on skill. Right, it's just purely based on the their ability to put each other out. Yeah, fucking incredible. Yeah, I'd I'd be really excited for that. But yeah, that was uh, that was a recap of two twenty five. Uh, really, really great fight card. I mean, my big takeaway from it, what I saw in um, in all the fights that I I, I recognized that I thought was really cool to see was um, a lot of skillful reaction to situations. Every fight. It seemed to be like the theme of the night. Not so much, um, not so much as toughness. Not so much like exciting fights. But I just saw a lot of uh, a lot of of good moment to moment reactions in in yeah. tough situations. The scrambles were really good. Um, the the clinches were really good. The striking was really good, and everybody really displayed professional level skills. Yeah, it was a uh, you know it wasn't a bad fight card. It. Uh there could have been more finishes on the main card, it's but not, it, it's not a fight card that I would introduce a new fight fan to. Like if I'm saying, like, look how fun this sport is to watch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on this one, the uh, you know it could have otherwise been a lackluster card, but the main event really, really saved it. 
Uh, Yell Romero and Robert Whitaker just went in there and fucking burned the house down. So, um, ended up being a fun one. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it, uh, overall. The fight, the fight card came down to, uh, really that last one, and it, it ended up being a good time. In, uh, in July, we've got UFC 226 coming up, and holy bejesus, this one is stacked. You've got the main event, Miosic versus Cormier, co-main event, Ortega versus Holloway, which I love that fight for the same reason I love Whitaker versus Romero. Holloway versus Ortega, you have undoubtedly the two best featherweights on the planet fighting one another. Absolutely. I mean, without question, those are the two top dudes. Um, Nganu versus Derek Lewis, that's going to be a fucking fun fight. There's no way around it. You've got Kiesa versus Pettis, solid fight. Gokan Saki is making his return. He'll be fighting Roundtree Jr. I don't know who the fuck he is. Roundtree Jr. Um, Let me get a look at this Roundtree character. He's a uh, African American gentleman. Um, what makes him such a tree and so round? He is quite round. Yeah. He's got some round shoulders. He's got a little bit of roundness to him. Yeah. Real round tree. Um, and then you've got Uriah Hall versus Paulo Costa. Paulo okay. Costa is the dude I was talking about. Remember this yeah, guy? He's built uh, like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The, um, the, the most shredded guy in MMA. He's yeah. 11 and 0. 91% KO TKO rate. I don't like this fight for Uriah Hall. I think he's going down. I, I don't think. This I got is a, a feeling he's going down. I got a feeling his whole family's going down. I, I think Uriah <laughs> Hall may get hit so hard in this fight that his mother will feel it. Yeah, this is uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna make a bold prediction here and say that Costa's still, gonna be. Still I, sounds exciting. Yeah, no, it's I mean, exciting. I'm happy to watch it. I love. Uh, how about Paulo Costa's nickname, the Eraser? Jesus. That's one of my favorite nicknames I've heard in quite some time. It's a great movie. Yeah, that's why I liked it. <laughs> that's exactly why I liked Arnold it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the eraser. You know, what's up with... I just noticed this, but Daniel Cormier's nickname is DC, and Stipe Miosic is just Stipe Miosic. I've noticed this in the past, that it seems like heavier weight fighters, they don't as often have nicknames. Like, if you really? think about a lot of the greatest... Think about it. Greatest heavyweights of all time. Most of them don't have nicknames. Cain Velasquez, Fedor Emelianenko, well, Last Emperor, but he doesn't use it like that much. No, and they didn't give it to him till like later on. Yeah. Um, uh, Junior Dos Santos, Brock Lesnar, Ross Rutten, Shane Carwin, Frank Mir. Like a lot of these guys just don't have nicknames in the heavier weight. I think it's because they just bigger dudes are already more marketable anyways. So they're they just really like, yeah, you don't need a nickname. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> they're just like, wait, what's your name? Brock Lesnar? Yeah, you don't need a nickname. Your name's Brock Lesnar. That you don't need a fucking nickname. Like a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because he didn't even have a nickname in WWE. They just were like, yeah, you're just monstrous. Yeah. We don't need to nickname you anything. You're just a big fucking gorilla. <laughs> you'll, you'll just do fine. Um, yeah, so we had some really good fights recently on uh, on the Bellator card. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Anybody see? Uh, yeah. Anybody? Anybody listening? Go ahead and respond right now. Did anybody see Bellator 200? No, you didn't. Fascinating. Let me tell Perfect. you a little something. We kicked it off. Uh, no pun intended with Phil Davis, and he fucking head kicked um, the cell brutally. 
really yeah. terrible fight up until that point. Like, it was just... they. I mean, Phil Davis is a good fighter. I like Phil Davis. He liked one of my Instagram posts. It was really cool. No <laughs> shit? Really? Yeah, That's I, awesome. I posted a picture of some wrestling mats we put up in my backyard, and, and he, uh, I was like... Mr. Wonderful liked your post. I was like, oh, that's cool. Isn't that the most exciting feeling yeah. in the world when somebody you kind of look up to yeah. likes one of the things you post? Yeah, but, you know, mad respect for Phil Davis. He's a great, great fighter. But the, this this matchup, like, they both looked really slow. They both looked really awkward. But uh, Davis threw this really... I mean, it was clean, but it, it wasn't really well set up, this head kick. It just kind of came from from nowhere and Vassell was just kind of looking at him he was making eye contact and that shin came up and just put him in fucking orbit you know who Phil Davis reminds me of as far as the way he moves a bigger version of GSP do you see that at all not really in the sense that they have some some similar movement patterns but GSP is so much more tight and concise I no, I agree but that's but that's what I mean though like bigger slightly bigger and slower obviously (laughs) comes with that but they're both, you know, densely muscled guys who are physically capable. But GSP, you know what I mean? He's never had that like real snappy kind of sure. on his punches or her ki- on his kicks. They almost seem like he's like pushing into it. Right. Davis does that same thing when he throws a kick. Okay. He'll just kind of. It's like he pushes into it. It's like he doesn't have much snap on a lot of the shit he does. But can you um, believe that? Phil Davis just won a fight with, with a head kick. kick. I know. So, like, that looked like that looked like a head kick that shouldn't have landed. It didn't um, look like it should have landed. No, it just did. No. Uh, how about <laughs> how about um, I don't remember his first name, but that guy Chalmers from the Gordy Shore. I've the, actually I didn't see that fight. The reality TV star from uh, from the, the he's he, from Gordy Shore. Oh, that's the, the Jersey the, Shore. The, yeah, the it's, it's the English version of the wow. Of the, of this guy the, won his fight, huh? Yeah, the Jersey Shore. And uh, dude, he didn't just win the. Well, I mean, he's four zero. Yeah, he 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 goes by the nickname Joker. His last name is Chalmers, and I just thought that if my last name was Chalmers, my nickname would be the Superintendent. But I. <laughs> I I grew up on The Simpsons, though. But um, so he fucking gets backed up against the cage, eats a couple shots, and then comes back swinging very recklessly. But it worked out for him. Clips the guy and uh, catches him in a guillotine. Pulls this really, really deep standing guillotine. Pulls this guy's feet up off the ground and just tossed him over like a fucking bag of rocks. And that was the end of the fight did you see uh i didn't see this fight it looks like anastasia yankova was on the under uh, was on the main card she lost her fight anastasia have you ever seen anastasia yankova she might be the best looking fighter in mma i think i might follow um, her on instagram she's russian she is like really really pretty Oh yeah, no. Um, I, I, I like she that, doesn't but... look like she belongs near a uh an no, octagon no she should um, be fighting <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, people that, talk that about shouldn't be getting punched. people who don't know about Anastasia Yankova. People talk about you know Rose Namajunas being very wow. pretty, yeah. and you know obviously in the past Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate. Um, I would dare to say that this Anastasia Yankova woman puts all of them to shame. I mean, she looks like she could be a supermodel. No, yeah, she's crazy hot. That's ridiculous. Um, so. Um, and apparently, she's a really good fighter too. I think that was her only loss so far. I don't know how I didn't see that one. She was on that Bellator card? Yeah. 
I watched the whole thing. I, I don't know. Um, Maybe it wasn't televised, because I know they'll do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, the MVP fight. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael uh, Venom Page. Yeah. Against uh, David Rickles. Mm-hmm. The caveman comes out in his gladiator shorts, looking looking pretty tough, looking pretty solid with his grimy face. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he got punched in the eye, and he was like, uh-uh. I'm going to the hospital. Like, Fuck this. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, I almost kind of admire that. That and to me, I, yeah, that that's takes. A, that's a guy who's got priorities. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I want to see my children grow. <laughs> it takes more courage to do that than it does to, uh, because look, it a fighter is a fighter. These fucking dudes are tough no matter what. All right. So it's you know they could stay in there and they could just continue to get the shit beat out of them in order to look cool in front of everybody or you know maybe they have a fear that if they don't do that people are going to judge them for it david rickles had none of those fears he said you know what fuck this shit i don't want to get hit like that again i'm getting out of here or doing something like that honestly like could fuck your career up exactly like you're 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 the promoter may look at that and go like we don't want this guy in here and that that is a response of fear to to stay in there in that David, David Rickles knew that he was not winning that fight and he made a judgment call. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean no disrespect by saying that, but that is a really unusual scenario for him to be like, ow, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. done. Get me out of here. Yeah, no, he just, yeah, it was very odd. I didn't even, it really, when I first started watching it, I didn't even quite understand what was going on. Yeah, um, I had to rewatch it a few times well, just to you, get the gist. Yeah, but. if you recall, he kind of did this weird like he was still in it for a second, and he's kind of like looking at the ref. He's all, uh, "Yeah, no, <laughs> let's put a stop to this." Yeah, they're gonna. Uh, it's I almost feel bad for Michael Venom Page in a way because he's in a very precarious position right now because he's too dangerous of a fighter for most of the top guys to really want to take a fight with him too dangerous of a fighter with not a big enough name um but he's way too good of a fighter and too dangerous for the lower level guys to want he's in that stage right now where it's going to be really hard for him to find a fight and uh to the point where i guess bellator is even encouraging him to take boxing matches to help build up his brand because they just can't find him fights in mma yeah uh i don't know a lot about mvp i've seen him fight a couple times and he's just uh really he's been a starcher he just yeah was he there at your? He was there at your fight, right? Was he, he came out. Yeah, he came. He didn't fight, but he came yeah. out and like the, they introduced him. Right, and I remember. I remember that. Yeah. Did you see him backstage or anything? No. no. Um, how about this shit? Got my dick hard. How about Gegard versus Carvalho? Yeah, dude. Gegard went out there and fucking. I, first of all, before we even say what happened, Gegard, I've been a fan of him since the first time I saw him beat the dog shit out of fucking um, out of Babalu. Mm-hmm. in strike force i was yeah. like because i didn't know who he was i'm a babalu fan and i saw him just cleanly dismantle babalu yeah he's a very uh uh the way if you guys haven't seen Gegard fight uh he's got a real interesting style because he um he looks like he's asleep yeah he's and he's like an armenian fedor yeah uh his mannerisms and he actually uh his last fight Fedor's camp didn't he originally? yeah yeah he yeah, used to he, train with yeah, fedor he, he used to train with and fedor. his his last fight before leaving he chose to leave the ufc because he didn't like his contract mm-hmm. his last fight before leaving the ufc was he beat weidman so i mean yeah. he's up there as being you know, one, of one of the top yeah. middleweights um 
but yeah, man, he really went to work on him, huh? Yeah, he just he, he went out there and immediately drive doubled Cavallo to the ground. Really nice drive double, clean, and uh, drags him to the ground. Um, then I think Cavallo just got right back up, and uh, and then Gegard did it again. Just yep. drove him to the ground again, and just totally dominated him got got him smushed against the cage and then started teeing off with him with hands yeah he got him into position where he could just boom 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 and very uh very solid grappling for a guy who doesn't necessarily have a wrestling background oh yeah but he always has had really good grappling like he's very he's always had competent grappling yeah good grapplers by the end of the fight when uh when cavallo was just sitting there against the cage going like what the fuck just happened to me like it, it, it he looked kind of sad just looked like yeah. this is a guy who hasn't lost in 15 fights and mm-hmm. he's you know the bellator champion and he's just like it was you know, probably well i think that's what happens a lot of times with some it's it could go it could go either way right you've had guys who come over to bellator from the ufc and don't really do all that well right, like right. like benson henderson but then you guys have other guys who've came over and who've done awesome, yeah. like uh, Gegard and yeah. uh, even. But even Gegard, his first fight was tough. He fought a uh, Schlemenko, and that was a close, yeah, close fight. That was. I remember that. Um, which there's I nothing re- wrong with that because, like we like we said earlier in the podcast, Schlemenko's a really solid fighter. Oh yeah, so Schlemenko is highly. He's skilled. fun to watch too. Yeah, he's got a fucking great spinning back kick. I remember, I vaguely remember that him him not looking that good in that fight either, though. Like I remember no. him being a little like off. Yeah, no, he did. He did look off. There, there was something uh, with in the first round. Yeah, his eye got swollen shut, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that contributed to it. Um, right. But Schlemenko's a weird fighter, though. I mean, you can't judge somebody based off of one performance. Like Schlemenko's the type of guy where he's a super super unorthodox style. Right. So he's if you're he's a hard guy to prepare for. Sure. So uh, very hard guy to prepare for. Speaking of somewhat unorthodox fighters, though, Gegard wants Rory next. Yeah, he that like, um, just came and Rory and wants that. It. They both really want that fight. Yeah. Because why not? There's uh, yeah, dude, there's no a- reason why wouldn't they want it? I mean, there's no really other than if they decided to do Michael Page versus Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really any other big fights for Rory in that weight class, and there's no big fights, other big fights really for Gegard in yeah. that weight class. It, um, it's, we got to bump uh, MVP up to uh, champion level. Yeah, with everybody fighting him, but there's some there's some interesting matchups there. But I'd really like to see Gegard versus. Uh, it's Rory. an interesting matchup. I do. Th- I if I had to do a uh, prediction now, uh, I think Gegard is too big. I think he's think so? he's yeah. To me, he's a. Uh, they're different but similar in the sense that they're both really good, not from a traditional wrestling background, but both really really high level good grapplers. I think that I think that Rory is a better straight wrestler, and I think uh, Gegard yeah. has a little bit better like jujitsu based ground control. Uh, ground yeah. control. Um, yeah. There's 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 there is subtle differences. Um, Rory's got a striking. Rory's got real good jab, but Gegard's got a good jab too. I they both Rory, have really good boxing. I, I think Rory has better. Uh, they both have good boxing, but I think Rory has better better kicks, a little bit better, more um, 
he has more more diversity in his striking, but I think Gegard has a little faster hands. And I yeah. think Gegard has more more power, maybe. More, yeah, I think he has yeah. more power and a little bit more effective uh, straight line punching, like jab uh, cross, jab cross. Like I think he he could. I it's an interesting fight, but I guess I would almost compare it to like Covington versus RDA. I think yeah. just the size would would. You keep. think he's that much bigger than him, though? Yeah, like, I, I think so. Yeah, he he's. Could be. I don't. I bet on paper. Like I'll look it up right now. What their height and weight is on paper. He probably isn't. Doesn't look like he's that much bigger. But I think when you actually see the frame of the two of them next to mm-hmm. one another, I think Gegard is quite a bit more heavily muscled than okay. Rory. But. Yeah, Rory. Rory's pretty. Uh, Rory's pretty slender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Rory is six feet. Um, obviously, fights at one seventy. They got a reach on here. They don't put reach on here. So Rory's six feet. Let's see what is Gegard. I think Gegard is like six one maybe. Let's see. Looking up Gegard Musasi's height, but uh, having trouble finding it. Here we go. Uh, he's six foot two. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's got a couple inches on him. Um, he's a black belt in judo. Huh. Gegard is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that kind of doesn't surprise me. He does have a little bit more of like that judo movement style. Yeah. Fucking Gegard, look, dude, he's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven fight win streak. And if you his last loss was against Uriah Hall in 2015. Flying knee and punches. That was the one where he got caught. But then uh-huh. he fought Uriah Hall again in 2016 and just handled him, avenged that loss. Right. So, uh, so man. taking back that loss, he's on quite a streak. Yeah. Yeah, that's always, uh, I always find that really fascinating when a fighter does that, when they're just like, you know what? I don't like that fucking loss. And they just like go back loss. and they go do something about yeah. that. Yeah. Can you believe Rory McDonald's is only 28? Yeah, he was super Still young, only like, 28. Yeah. He's been I, around for so long. Yeah. Well, when I when I first saw him fight, he was really young. When he, he was fought, only like uh, twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was dominating Carlos Condit until he got flipped on his back and yeah. got fucking permanent goggles he was beaten tw- into his he face. Was, he was twenty in that fight. That was back yeah. in two thousand ten. Yeah, I do remember that. And then after that, he went on a hot streak, and then he had those two losses to Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. Um, those were great fights. Those were great fights, but it's still strange to me. Because in my when I picture you know Robbie Lawler and, and Rory McDonald, I just instantly kind of just picture Rory as being a better fighter than him. But just know, for whatever man. reason, Robbie just has the style to. Robbie has a Robbie is really really good at his style though. Like yeah. thing is Robbie Lawler, it's hard to compare them skill wise because their styles are so different. Yeah, I think that that lanky kind of. Um, Long punch, long strike style has a hard time against a guy like Lawler who has really good takedown defense and that tight shelled up yeah. striking defense. Yeah, it's great just, head movement. Great. It, it truly is a. Uh, it truly is a styles make fight yeah. things because if you look at it like, okay, one thing I would say, the first thing I thought of right off the bat is I could never picture Rory losing to somebody like Dos Anjos and mm-hmm. Dos Anjos beat uh, beat Lawler, but then again, you look at Lawler's record. He's got a loss to Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. Rory beat Tyrone Woodley. It's right. just like you can go. You have endless combinations yeah, you that you can go back and forth you just with. Can't play so MMA math. It doesn't no, work. no, no. Mm. But yeah, it was a 
Well, a lot of interesting fights. I hope you guys enjoyed our recap of it. Um, I think that's uh, that's about it for today. Did you have anything else you wanted to contribute? <sighs> no, I think that's about it. Yeah. So uh, had a lot of fun going over this. Uh, Got everything I, off my chest. I know it was really. This was really. It's really been weighing heavy on me. Yeah, but uh, we will be back soon with uh, some more movie reviews and. A lot more, a uh, lot more fun stuff that's going on in the world right now. But, we got uh, some shit to talk about. We got a lot to talk about, but today <sighs> we got to cut it short. It's probably our shortest podcast yet, actually. This has really just been a fight recap. Yeah, but uh, you know, as usual, thanks for joining us. And uh, you can find me at Bone Catrone on Instagram and Facebook.com/slash Bone Catrone. You can find me at ml underscore intrinsic resistance for all of my fitness related uh things and if you want any of my uh reviews you could go to matt reviews media on instagram and if you guys want to hear us start really producing some higher quality uh sound work check out our patron page and uh send us a little something something to keep these fucking podcasts rolling cleanly because we've been having mic problems today. <laughs> yeah, we were having some mic issues. Get yeah. on our goddamn Patreon page right yeah. now. Backandbone.com or backandbone.podbean.com. Yes. And uh, there's going to be a link to our Patreon page on there. So check us out. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Thanks.